Welcome to the Wealth Equation Podcast with me, Wealth Ninja, Kristen Wunsch. If you want to be wealthy, but money feels like physics and the thought of making a budget makes you want to die, stick around. Here, we break it all down super simply. We demystify wealth so you run your money instead of your money running you. We're here to ditch the hustle, earn more, hold more, and grow more simply. We're coming in hot with practical teachings, deep mindset shifts, and the perfect amount of woo-woo so that you become the kind of woman who creates wealth with ease. Money is a dance party if you let it be. You were born for wealth, and by pressing play, your up-level begins. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode. I've got a very exciting human here today. Organized Jane is a Swiss-Canadian life business organizer, productivity expert, speaker, author, and university instructor whose passion is in decluttering spaces and organizing business processes. Stoller's global reach has helped thousands gain clarity and get organized with her critically acclaimed books, Organizing for Your Lifestyle and Decluttering for Dummies. Welcome, Jane, to the podcast. It's so good to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. So I'm curious, you know, I've I've had a little look at your Instagram and a lot of the work that you do, but I'm curious, you know, when we talk about you being a life and business organizer and productivity expert, give us a little bit of an inside scoop as to what you actually do. Like, what does that look like for business owners and people? Yeah, it's a good question because I started out as this is a side hustle. Even when I was six and seven, I used to help people get organized. And I had it as a side hustle for the longest time, helping, you know, on the weekends, people organize their closets and pantries and offices. So it just became a part of me. And I even, I didn't charge for that. I didn't treat it as a business. It was just something I always did. But it wasn't until five years ago that I decided to make it a full-time job. But I really wanted to use my business skills and help more business owners and really dive down into more of a consulting approach that was for everybody. So six steps on how to organize your business and make it kind of open to everybody, and especially small businesses that are lacking kind of the key organizational tactics they need. So fun. And so give us the six steps. What are they? <laughs> so everyone asks about these six steps and they're so important and I don't really advertise them anywhere. They're mostly just in my course, but uh, the first one is time management. So you mentioned a lot about productivity and, and the importance of that. So I really go with my clients deep into where they spend their time and that's both personal and business because I want to know. And there's a lot of things that we don't realize we're spending our time on, or we should be spending our time on and vice versa. So the first step, just like any diet, is understanding that piece. Next, we go into processes, documenting your processes you're doing every day and what you should be doing. So a lot of that comes out in the time management piece. The third step, which you'll really like, and I think we'll talk about in this podcast, is getting your numbers organized. So from accounting and finance, really making sure that every business owner understands how to do their numbers. We can't just outsource that. We need to really understand it in the beginning. The fourth step is... An exciting one because that's people, organizational charts, where they fit. Even if you're a one-man show, what kind of roles are you doing? And as you expand, can we get more people in those in, in that organizational chart? Uh, the fifth step is marketing and sales, having simple funnels set up, referral systems. And the sixth step is just sustaining that. And, you know, just like any business plan, reviewing it every quarter, making sure that we're up to date as your business changes. So those are the six steps in a nutshell. Mm, so fun. I love that. And all of those things, I can see exactly how they apply to every business everywhere that like really getting those things in place and, and the power of that, like completely builds and amplifies businesses. I'm curious, you had mentioned before we started recording that you actually started Organized Jane a few years ago, but you, 
you quit. What happened there and what created your success later when you, when you kind of restarted? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think this will resonate with a lot of people, but I did want to make it my full-time job in 20 and 2007. I just went back to school, got a master's. I was like, I can do this. I have the education. I have the training. I know I can do this. So I did all the right things, you know, get a website, create a course, get, you know, branding, all the ducks in a row. But what I was scared to do was market myself. And that's what you really need to do when you're starting your business is the marketing piece and be, you know, share what you do. And I was scared to do that. And that was 2007 when they didn't have the abundance of podcasts like this to listen to or groups to, and online courses. So I was lacking that entrepreneurial community to really support me. And then, you know, I went back to my corporate world and where it was safe and you know, I failed the business. And so you started the business again years later. Yeah. And in 2005 or 2017, exactly 10 years later, I started it again. And then I hired coaches to help me get over that marketing piece. And I still have coaches today to help me with my business. Mm. So what did those coaches, it sounds like having the right support the second time around was really what allowed you to, to really build and scale beyond the, you know, the early stages. What specifically did those coaches do to support you that you think made the difference between the first and the second time? Well, just in terms of, it depends on what you need a coach for, but if you know you have some area that you're scared of or fear or, you know, lack of understanding, that's where you should really look for a coach to help you over that. And for myself, it was just being able to chat with someone who had built a business to, to understand the marketing side, to really say, hold me accountable. And I think that's what coaches do is they share, hold you accountable, but it's still up to me to do the work, but having someone to guide you through the process to talk to, that is really a game changer for entrepreneurs. Mm. I love that. And how did you find those coaches? You know, I found in 2017, again, there were a lot of coaches were popping up, but it wasn't as popular as it is today. But I found it, I think, on social media. And, you know, they kept, you know, things pop up when you're needing it. <laughs> so the same coach kept popping up. And and that's how I found it. And I think there's a lot of coaches these days, so don't get overwhelmed either, but really look what you need to look, what you want to learn or, or somebody who's already done that and you want to be where they're at and they're a coach. That could be an idea, but just really, usually when you want something, it'll come to you and then just do it. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned before that people, one of the pillars or one of the steps in what you teach around business organization is obviously money and finance and that. People need to really understand their numbers versus just outsourcing things to an accountant. What specifically do you think everyone needs to know and understand? Like what are some of those, those critical pieces around money that entrepreneurs need to really nail and hone for themselves? Well, a lot of entrepreneurs are really good at what they're doing, whether it's a sale, like a service or a product. So we they really focused on that. In the beginning, I think you should be just get your product service out there, make sales. That should be your primary focus. But you are going to eventually have money coming in and what you do with that money and understanding how it's, you know, even just the simple budgeting is so important. So we're both Canadian, too. And just in terms of, you know, what's the ability to lower your taxes as an entrepreneur, what, you know, all of these things are so important. And maybe not the first thing you set up, but down the road, you should really understand um, your numbers, share them with your team, understand that that's a good thing to look at every single week. And kind of make it part of your daily routine. So just the basic you know, bookkeeping every week, 
I would suggest every month or quarter looking at your overall financials, whether you use like a QuickBooks or you have an accounting system, just to slowly understand how these numbers are affecting your business, how much you have left over to reinvest in your business or maybe none. Those are really important key metrics. And in my course, we go over a few key ones that you should be doing as an individual. <clears throat> every business is a bit different, but key metrics you should be looking at every single month. And what are some of those key metrics that that people really need to be looking at and keeping aware of? So again, it depends on the type of business you have with a lot of in, like a lot of service businesses. It might be how much inventory turnover. Um, some key ones for everybody, of course, is just like your earnings before interest and taxes, things like that, your gross revenue, your net profit, really basics to understand also the difference between the income statement and balance sheet. So just basic training on accounting. And then we built some KPIs that are really important to your business. For a lot of service-based businesses, we look at even, you know, your, your customer acquisition or your, you know, conversion rate of customers. So things like that are different for every business, but they're, you know, the main ones I would still think everybody should should understand is just, you know, how much revenue you're making. What are you left over with at the end of the day? Those are really key. Mm. So it sounds like a, having a team behind you to support you is one of the things that's really helped you to scale the business and, and be successful. What are some insights or tips or pieces of wisdom that you can share around how you successfully built your team and set them up for success? Yeah, and I think you don't really depend on, sometimes we build teams too fast, sometimes we don't need people, like I did have a team, now I don't anymore, um, I have a little bit of a team still, but not full-time anymore, but just if, even when you don't have a team, starting with those documents of your process and what it is, so after when we go through your time management tracker, looking at, okay, we spend this much time on marketing, this much on sales, this much on finance, let's, let's do a process and start writing it down and documenting it. For yourself and for that future team member. So just before you ever hire somebody, make sure you have that process document so they know what they're doing, you know what they're doing. And it just, it makes it makes more sense for the entire business. So a lot of times too, when you look at a business plan, those process documents are not there, but they're one of the most vital pieces of your business. Mm, I couldn't agree more. I I think having systems and, and processes in place actually make everything easier because you're not having to spend so much time training people or explaining things and, and you have, you know, consistency in what you're doing instead of trying to reinvent the wheel every time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, I think we've gotten so scared of that word, but it's like a simple document, a, a little bit of an update every quarter, or maybe not needed, but just keeping it simple is the key. Hmm. You, one of the pillars you talked about or the steps you talked about was productivity and, and time management. What do you think, because this is such a, an important and critical, you know, conversation and topic and, and skill to master for every you know person, but every entrepreneur, certainly, because time is so valuable. What you, what do you think gets in the way of productivity or time management and people really being able to do that efficiently? I think it's just understanding where you're spending that time in the beginning and are you spending it on the right stuff? So we do a lot in a day, especially as entrepreneurs, and do we have to be doing it all? So the first step is truly understanding where we're spending our time and where we should be spending our time. And I think that word gets overused to productivity and time management. Like if you if you have some key priorities in the day and focus on them, likely you'll have time left over. So it's really just getting that key focus. And then after that, it's it's getting down to work. Like 
you know, there's there's a lot of different tools and suggestions. I have a time cube that I really rely on. It just keeps me focused on a task. If I can't focus, it's, it's a blinking time cube I have right here that says 30 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever the time limit you pick. But um, just getting really focused on what those key priorities are will really help you with your focus. And can you give us an example of, you know, how somebody listening to this might go through and and really understand where they're spending their time and what things are important to be spending time on, like where time might be. Yeah, that's a big question. And I definitely think you need to just, just like a diet, I always say, write down every day where you're spending your time. Maybe, maybe take a three or three days, four days over a week and say, okay, I'm going to write down, you know, in blocks of, you know, in my course, we do blocks of 15 minutes, but maybe in blocks of an hour, say, what am I spending my time on? Is this revenue generating or is it, joyful whatever it may be for your personal or your business so just start simple things in a notebook how much time did you spend on email today how much time did you spend on social scrolling versus productive how much time did you spend you know whatever it may be with your housework doing whatever it may be just just start writing down a few things that'll start to trigger you to say okay this is a lot of time spent on this is this the right use of my time and then perhaps you're looking wow i didn't even as you're writing this list, wow, I didn't even make one sales call or I didn't do one thing that was super important to move the needle in my business. Mm, I love that. One of the time tracking softwares I like to use is called Toggle. It's T-O-G-G-L. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just to give you clarity on, not to build in too much like restriction, but just to give you clarity on like where your time is going. Because so often, like you would get to the end of the day and you actually have no idea where you spent your morning hours, right? And so having some of those tools is powerful. Oh, I like that one. And I think that anybody struggling should check that out for sure. And and exactly, sometimes we don't know where the time goes, but we have a lot of it. We just need to understand first where where we're spending it. Where do you think people tend to sort of make mistakes around where they're spending their time? Like things that they're doing that they think are important that actually aren't needle movers like can you give us some examples of like what needle mover tasks are and some of the things maybe on the other side that people think are important but really aren't <laughs> so especially when you're just starting your business that, that a lot of people focus on you know the branding the websites the getting everything perfect for the copy all of that kind of focusing on that stuff because we're scared to actually do the stuff that is going to bring a client or bring sales. So really, I think a coach, especially in the beginning, a business coach can help you focus and say, no, you're not going to have a business unless you sell X amount of units or X amount of coaching, whatever it may be. But especially in the beginning, we can get caught up in a lot of tasks that are unnecessary as a business owner, just to, you know, as 80% of your time when you're starting should be just on sales and getting your name out there. As your business grows, we likely are spending more time on, you know, people if you're, you have a bigger organization, which is okay, but how can we make that more efficient and more, more of a process? And so as your business grows and changes, of course, be different time, let's say wasters and also time, you know, really important place to spend your time. But in the beginning, just, I always tell entrepreneurs, just focus on the, the sales, the customers, the feedback, getting referrals, the gold for your business. I don't even care if you have a website yet or, you know, if you have spelling mistakes, whatever it is, just get your word out there and then you'll perfect it as it, as time goes. Mm, I love that. I love that. Can you give us some of your maybe top three productivity hacks for entrepreneurs, like things that people wouldn't 
wouldn't really know or wouldn't really think of on their own? So this is the top one is really just to, like you've already mentioned it, but have some kind of productivity tool or tracker or something to keep you on track with your main task at hand. So like I said, I use a time cube, you use toggle, something when you're focused on a really important aspect of your business, maybe it's a sales, maybe it's, you know, talking, maybe whatever it is. Keep that focus on especially what's going to bring you revenue. So if it's a 60 or 30 minute exercise a day, maybe it's responding to important customer inquiries, maybe it's making the sales calls, maybe it's contacting vendors, whatever it may be, get some kind of tool to help you stay focused. And I always like the, the book by Brian Tracy, Eat the Frog First. So in the, you know, once you've got your, your focus on what you need to be doing, do that first thing and get it out of the way. Just, you know, maybe it's making your 20 calls a day. Do it first thing in the morning because every other task after that will seem super simple and you'll probably do it a lot faster. So those are two ones based on kind of time management and productivity. And the third one that I would really focus on too is the numbers, like relating everything a little bit to numbers, whether it's number of calls, number of volume of your inventory, number of, you know, whatever the conversion is for your business or the break even point, know those numbers and have that in your mind. For myself, I know I need to make 10 sales calls a week to hit my conversion rate to get that number of students in my course. So it's reverse engineering and knowing those important key metrics because you'll remember it and it's an easy one to kind of say, okay, have I done this this week or not? Mm, I I really want to emphasize that last point too, the importance of like tracking and measuring numbers. And I think sometimes people shy away from this, but it really it really gives you so much freedom when you, when you know, you know, your number is 10 sales calls a week and you can reliably measure, like I've only done five, right. Instead of taking your mind to the story of like, you know, I'm not getting results or it's not enough. It's like, have I done the thing that I set, you know, the expectation I set out to, to deliver on yes or no. And it just becomes so much more tangible instead of like, allowing your mind to just be like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I've done enough or I haven't done enough. I think that's where people tend to default to when they're not actually measuring things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day and, you know, oh, I need to spend this much time on my email. And, but, you know, did you do those key things that are actually going to drive business in your drive business, drive sales and keep your business going? Mm -hmm. What are some of the, you know, money and wealth strategies or tools that you've implemented that you can share with our audience? So for me, it's the basics of, you know, bookkeeping. So having a simple system for my receipts every week, I use NEAT, N-E-A-T, which was the original one you used to see at airports for scanning your receipts, but now it's, it's all digital. But, you know, keeping on track with my receipts and sending that to my accounting software, using a software so I can quickly see, you know, where I'm at in terms of budget, revenue. Those tools have really helped me keep organized and all my clients now keep organized, but they're not complicated tools. So some kind of accounting software is super important, whatever stage you're at in your business. And then accountants also use similar accounting software. So that's been really important for my business and for any business to have some kind of software to show where your financials are at. Um, the next part is protecting your business too. So I actually work I sell insurance as well, and I really believe in you know protecting your business, protecting your biggest asset, which is you. So understanding if you can't work, what would happen? You know that a lot of insurance can be used as investments. So understanding that as well to protect you, your business, and um, I think those are the key things that I really like to help my clients with. 
Mm, I love that. Before we jumped on, you'd mentioned a little bit about, you know, women being more transparent or comfortable talking about income and wealth and numbers. And I think that's a, a really important discussion that not a lot of people are having, right? It's like money feels like this really taboo thing, right? Like to talk about how much money we're making or what we're investing in. And it's really not common for women to have a space to do that. I'm curious around, you know, how your mindset around that has shifted over the years and how you've created space for that. Yeah. And I think I'm still working on that myself and I, I should probably take a course <laughs> like yours as well, because I think still as women, we're scared to charge or worth, we're scared to ask for the sale. We're scared to you know increase our rates. We're scared to tell other people what are, how much we make. We're scared to, there's still this fear, I think, among especially women. And that's, I, I think that's a lot of mindset training too, and being able to think bigger. And I still devalue my services. I still think, oh, that's too much money. Or so having kind of a coach and, and my business coach that I have now who helped me create my course, she's, she's always helping me reinforce that. No, you actually need to charge more. Or this is like, you know, having some kind of support on that end will really be helpful because I think it's just for me, it just happens naturally. And if I don't, have support, then I probably would devalue my services even more. So I guess, I don't know the answer to that, but some mindset trainings some courses like what you offer, things like that will really help. Hmm. It sounds like you're very like growth, investing in your own growth, you know, business-wise and, and mindset-wise has been a big part of your journey. I'm curious how you, how you make decisions around whether you can invest in yourself and how much and and how you've kind of navigated that over the years? That's a good question because I feel like traditionally we thought we had to go to you know, college university to invest in ourselves and that was a big investment. But now just like on the flip side, like, you know, coaches and the courses I've taken, they have been so tangible and helped me so much. So just being able to see that value and, and what they can really bring to the table. So I think, it, and it's never going to stop. So you have a certain amount, you know, even in my, but in my, you know, in my financials, when I'm doing my budgets, I say, is it going to be 10 or 20 grand this year? I'll spend on coaches or courses, put that into your financials and say, this is, this is money that you need to spend on that type of training for yourself and investment. And even in my resume, I put in the coaches that I've taken because it's just valuable, even maybe even more so than formal education. So just putting value to that and understanding that it's going to be, or not understanding, but putting it already in the budget for next year. So you actually do it. Mm. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And what's something you rarely share about what it took to, to build your level of wealth, you know, to build the business to the level that you have and, you know, all the other sort of revenue streams you have coming in, like very rarely, I think people probably look at you on social media and they see that, you know, the highlight reel and the successes you've had and, and very rarely is it clear, you know, what goes on behind the scenes and what that really takes. And so I would love for you to share, you know, what, what's something that you very rarely talk about that actually was required that not a lot of people know. I think with a lot of people, we don't share you know, the struggles and the challenges. And, you know, the first three years of business, I didn't make any money with Organized Jane. So I had other consulting jobs and, you know, I side hustles and, you know, teaching and all those different different things to make ends meet and also to use that to invest in my business. So, you know, three to five years, it's common for businesses not to make money in terms of, you know, profit left over. And that's just, you know, you're reinvesting, you're growing, you're spending on, you know, coaches and marketing and, 
you know, it's rare that you see what does it say? 10, it takes 10 years to make an overnight success. So a lot of times we don't share that. That's okay not to make money in your first year in one area of your business. Of course, maybe you need to do other things to keep, you know, the meals on the table or whatever it is, or pay rent. So I think just being able to share that, you know, there's lots of different things that we're doing as entrepreneurs to to keep our business going and that's okay. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And I couldn't agree more. I think that's, you know, a piece of the journey that not a lot of people see. And yeah, the unrealistic expectation of how quickly growth happens, right? And and the story that some people have sometimes where it's like, it's not happening quickly enough and they don't realize that, you know, the entrepreneurs that they look to on social media or in the media, it's like they actually have been building for a lot longer than you realize. And you're only now hearing about them. And so I think, putting in the, you know, planting the seeds and putting in that groundwork consistently is what's required for the overnight success. Mm-hmm. And consistently, like we're so used to seeing people, oh, my business grew a million dollars in a in a year, which is can happen, but it's really the far and few between. So I think we need to be realistic, but also just consistent. And, you know, in 10 years, you will be likely at the level you want to get to. But um, in the meantime, you might still have to do X, Y, and Z to, to make ends meet in your business. Mm. Well, thank you for all of that. Is there anything you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up? No, I just think that this is a great podcast to kind of listen to. And I wish I would have had something like this when I started my business back in 2007. So take advantage of, you know, the podcast, the the coaching, but anything that can help you with your business now, or if you're thinking about starting a business, just dive in, listen to who's done it and get started. Like I said, we spend so much time on stuff that's sometimes unnecessary, but what is the most important part that you need to be focused on and organize your time around that? Mm. I love that. Well, thank you for being here, Jane. It's been so good to chat with you. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. We will see you right back here next week. And remember, you were born for wealth. It's a gift to vibe with you here every week. If you're digging the content, I would be honored if you'd leave a rating, a review, and subscribe to the show. Not just for me, but it's how women just like you find the pod. It truly is how we can all make an impact. More women being ridiculously fucking wealthy and building a life of their wildest dreams. 